Welcome back to We Do Whatever We Want. Yay! <laughs> Today on Why Haven't You Watched That, we are covering Gone Girl, which is a movie that we have both seen prior to watching it for the podcast. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I read the book before I saw the movie. I read the book also before I saw the movie, but I was spoiled on the twist, and I thought Aww. that there was another twist. Oh man, see, I wasn't spoiled for anything. What happened with me though when I read it, like there was like a line about how like they were going through like the initial like all the stuff that was broken in the first time we see the crime scene, quote unquote. And Nick's like, Oh, the the vase is okay. She always was like so anal about the fucking vase and I was like, Oh, she fucking staged this but like <laughs> but I didn't obviously I didn't get the twist of her being like also just like complete psychopath i thought i was like oh he's probably like a fucking asshole to her and she like just trying to frame him for her disappearance but I yeah i feel like i like i semi forgot what the twist was and i was like like i knew that there was like the diary from her perspective and there was something up with that and that she was faking it but i didn't know like to what extent and that did like tip me off too yeah it's better, it's like some, like, uh, I'm normally a person who's like, all right, spoilers aren't that big of a deal most of the time, calm down, but th some stuff you don't want to be spoiled for. Yeah, well, it's a thriller, and that's the kind of stuff where, like, you want to try to figure it out yourself based on yeah, the Yeah, exactly, you don't, yeah, I mean, it is, like, it's not like the, it's worthless once you do know what the twist is and you go back to it, but, like, stuff like this, you want to not know anything going into it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was executed pretty well, um in the book and in the movie and i think that we probably both agree that the movie is better than the book see i'm, I'm kind of torn because I, I i haven't read the book in a while yeah i've read it a few times though i think they i rereading it again now that i watched the movie because it made me interested to read it again i'm not very far into it mm -hmm. i think they're both good i feel like the thing with the book is we're so much further entrenched in nick's thoughts as opposed to the film, where we obviously, like, can't really be. Yeah. And it's a little bit more interesting in that sense, because it's, like, a very much unreliable narrator. True, yeah. And also, like, I mean, Ben Affleck is, like, good in this movie, because he sucks in real life, and he yeah, sucks he was, in this movie. He was good casting for Nick Turner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just, like, certain times when you just... You are too much in the... Um, like, you are and you aren't, I guess. You're too much in the, the headspace of, like, the detectives and the people that don't know what's going on in his head and that he really didn't do it, um, as opposed to the book, where I feel like I don't think that there's ever a point where you're like, oh, he fucking did it, you know? like. Well, no, I, 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 from what I remember, I've read the book, I think, maybe, like, four or five times, and I remember oh, there's... <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> I went through a bit of a Gone Girl phase for a little while. <laughs> a little bit of a, a Gillian Flynn phase, but, um... But, yeah, I remember there's certain parts of the book where it's, like, he says a couple things that are, like, iffy, and mm -hmm. you don't know, like, what, what he's up to, but he's, like, not telling us the reader. It's just, like, kept very vague. I forget exactly what it was, but yeah, it was just about, him. Yeah, like, the woodshed and stuff like that. Yeah, the stuff, the, that's the thing, actually, I wanted to talk about, too, because in the movie, he doesn't tell the detectives he knows where the third clue is, and mm -hmm. he goes to get the third clue. And the book is explained why 
he did it like that because there was some stuff about and there was also like additional clues in the book there's one clue he went to the first one he didn't take them to was somewhere he went worked at when he was a kid and it was also a place where he had hooked up with andy yeah and because they're all the places that he'd hooked up with andy and and that's what he says it's like oh it's a tour of yeah it's infidelities yeah and um and again, it's been a while since I've read the book, but there was like a specific reason he didn't want to bring the cops there. But in the movie, it's just kind of like never explained why he wouldn't just be like, oh, I know what this is, and then bring the cops to the house. Mm-hmm. And then the alarm goes, I, it doesn't make any sense why that happens. Yeah, the Mr. Brown part. It, yeah. That, like, yeah, why does he is... keep that secret? It doesn't make any sense in the film. Because it almost in the film kind of feels like he just happened to go over there and find the note almost well no you know well no because he knows what the little brown house is no i know but like the way that it's kind of set up at first before you know who like that he called his dad mr brown it it almost feels like oh he's just popping over there for a little (laughs) bit you know yeah oh yeah i guess that's true i guess my view of that was colored by the fact that I already knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, same, but it is, like, framed a little bit differently. Yeah, but when you get all the information, then it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Then he went there on purpose to find the clue and didn't tell the cops about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, that was my thing, too, because, like, with Amy's plan with that, what if he did take the cops there, and he did take the cops to the woodshed, and he figured out everything way ahead of schedule? <laughs> Yeah, there are a couple of things that are clear that she kind of just had to leave up to fate, almost. Yeah. like, she and had also, to, like, trust that she knew him so well. She knew exactly what he would do and when. Yeah. And she knew that he was hiding things and that he'd probably want to hide things from the cops. So I guess that, you know, yeah. maybe she didn't even think that he would be discovering the clues with them, like at all that he wouldn't have called the cops that soon or something like that no i think she would have known he would have called the cops that quickly but like i don't know it was just and a lot of some other stuff too i thought was like when her original plan was to kill herself and Mm -hmm. drown herself in the river there's a couple things one they would know from the autopsy that she had taken pills probably yes and also they would have seen the mark on her arm where she pulled the blood out of herself mm-hmm. and been like what the hell is this and also the stones in her pocket well the stones in her pocket that could have been nick presumably to make her drown but mm-hmm. um and it also might have been like a sylvia plath like no not sylvia plath virginia wolf like reference yeah. yeah exactly and also like how did she like get all that blood out of herself and like not faint <laughs> that's what i was gonna say with like following up with the some of the stuff she like took too much on faith or whatever uh why didn't she collect her blood like progressively over time yeah it would have made like, that, more sense because he wouldn't have noticed like a tiny pinprick on her arm you know and she's like so savvy she would have found some place to store it where he would never look exactly just like the sperm (laughs) that she somehow (laughs) i mean that's in the book that's in the book as well yeah that's when it really gets just too fucking wild also that poor kid (laughs) dude yeah (laughs) that kid's gonna be fucked up beyond (laughs) belief holy shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
God. But yeah, that that is the first thing that I was like, why didn't she take all of the blood all at once? I forgot that she hadn't been taking it like, yeah. over time because it's just kind of silly. Like, because how a whole bucket full. I mean, that was probably what that was pint, a lot of it was a lot of a blood. Quart? Like yeah. they when you bl- donate blood, I believe that they take a pint. Yeah. Uh, and like people will a lot of the time feel faint and they give them food and you know I mean she was eating in that clip and the the short uh, Mm -hmm. clip they show of her doing that so I guess she like did her research about how to prevent yourself from fainting Mm -hmm. but like I don't know (laughs) it's just like again it's a lot some of it is left up to chance because she could have possibly completely fainted from taking that much blood from herself, but then she would have been fucked if she mm-hmm. if Nick had come back and seen her like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in any of these types of movies, like there has to be some things left on chance because people can't know everything. So yeah. it is kind of like, but the movie kind of frames it like Amy does know everything. Yeah, so it's there's not like the the consistency there, kind of. Yeah, the only way her plan goes wrong is when she gets like robbed. At, uh, yeah. at that place where... I don't know what the hell that place would be called. What is it? Like... Like... Motel cabin rentals. Like I guess fucking so. Yeah. <laughs> cabin rentals in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the book, uh, a difference... A couple differences between the book and the movie that I find interesting are... One, in the book, he was never good at the treasure hunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was never good at them. Like he always resented them, right? Yeah, he. it was always a very resentful thing. Like, it wasn't, like, just, like, the past couple of years of their marriage. He always just, like, fucking sucked at it, and he just never cared. And in the book, uh, after their first encounter, she doesn't see him for, like, months because he lost her number, and then they <laughs> run into each other on the street. He's like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. And then they start dating. But in the movie, they just are dating immediately. Which in the film makes more, it makes things flow much more easier. Yeah. In the book is just another example of just what a fucking idiot Nick is. And like. Yeah, well, does she say in the diary that he's bad at the treasure hunts or does he admit that he's bad in the treasure hunts? I forget. I think it's in Nick's point Point? of view character uh, chapters where he says he's bad at the treasure hunts. I I don't even remember uh, the diary entries mentioning the treasure hunts now that I think about it. But again, I could be wrong. I, I wish they, I had thought to read the whole book ahead of time, but oh, I didn't. No, okay. <laughs> I think that they, I think that they do. Um, so, and I, I don't know. At least in the movie, like the diary is playing up that, like, oh my god, we are so perfect yeah. aspect, like from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how the book goes, but that's okay. Uh, the movie kind of like hit the, the major touchstones, which is like the one of the diary entries was more like in depth about the trained monkeys aspect of it. Where, yeah. like, they all go out to dinner with, like, their couple friends. And they're like, oh, my God, we're so much better than them. All their husbands are trained monkeys and all the wives are, are fucking awful and blah, blah, blah. And it's just interesting that, like, the whole, like, dancing monkey and highway patrol thing. It's just like, oh, let's never become one of those couples. That's exactly what they fucking are. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what exactly how they end up being by the end. In a very, very, like, disturbing and scary sense. <laughs> yeah. He's just, like, her little puppet. Yeah, and she's, like, gonna kill him <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. he doesn't, or or ruin his life if he doesn't do exactly what she wants. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's a good... At the end of this episode, let's talk about, like, if we were to write a spec script for Gone Girl 2. I was thinking that about go. that at the end. I was like... <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll get back to that yeah yes okay <laughs> i was gonna say like from kind of the, the the very beginning we see that um him and his twin both obviously have a bunch of resentment and disdain for amy at this point in time because she's like i'm better than this and i wish that i'd never left new york and ha- like got dragged here with him and you know everything is in her name because she's the one with the rich parents and she's just resentful because she stays at home and she doesn't know what he won and it's a place that she doesn't want to live and she finds out that he's cheating on her like in the movie they say for 15 months so that means if they were living there for two years it didn't take very long for him to start sleeping with someone else and she also has in the book I feel like a lot more resentment over her old job Oh, yeah, she As, like, a quiz writer. Yeah. Um, So it's like, uh, lady, don't take that out on everyone else, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's uh, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And and the book, too, they get into more in-depth into her childhood. mm -hmm. Even though we do get a a decent taste of it during the Amazing Amy marriage uh, scene. Yeah, which... By the way, I was just going to mention, I've been noticing this more and more and more lately, but the ADR in that scene is wonk. Yeah, it is. As fuck. (laughs) It is. It very much is. And I'm like, almost like, is it supposed to be a little bit off because it's her diary entry and it's supposed to be a little bit weird, but I don't think that that's like a recurring theme in the rest of the scenes. No, I don't don't think that was intentional, but they did their best. I've been noticing that so much more, especially with, like, reverse shots of people talking, and it's very clear that the line that they're saying is not the way that their mouth is moving, because you can see, like, the back of their head. And I know that, like, that's just how you have to do things sometimes. I'm not trying to, like, harsh anyone's editing (laughs) skills or anything like that. I'm just, like, I notice it a lot more, and I never used to notice that stuff, I don't think. I noticed that when I was watching The Sopranos yesterday. Someone had clearly been ADR'd in, and I found it extremely distracting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the actress was doing a good job, like, matching what her face looked like but it just something was just extremely off about it and i was like oh i can't not did it sound like she was in a coat closet before having to go to a seth Meyers interview (laughs) because uh (laughs) that's a thing that happened uh something i wish we could have talked about in our last episode i saw a post that was like adr stands for adam driver recording in a closet <laughs> it didn't sound quite that bad, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, did, wait, did you not see? No, I heard about it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, no, it didn't sound that bad, but like it was, you know, it's like everybody was like, "Hey, there's a lot of scenes where his helmet is just on for no reason, and he's talking, and it seems like they probably put those lines in uh, after some changes were made or something like." They're usually, like, always the max lines are going to be ADR, but seems like they use it as an excuse here, <laughs> which they seem to have. <laughs> Anyways, we're not talking about that right now. No. Um, uh, when the uh, cops get there, does Ben Affleck check out the, what is her name, Boney? Boney, yeah. Does, does he, he check out her ass? I don't know. Because <laughs> it looks like I'd he did. I'd have to watch it again, because... 
I don't know if he was just happened to look down mm-hmm. or something. I'm not very good at telling when people are checking out other people's asses, unless it's extremely obvious, though, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to look like he was or if It was he... just, like, a coincidence. He just, like, looked down and... Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to say that he was because he's a jerk. Yeah. And he also, like... I mean, even if he didn't like his wife as much anymore, I feel like he could have been doing so much more to be, like, oh, my God, that's... It's really bad that she's not here, like can you please help me like that's yeah. the first thing that casts suspicion on him because he literally cannot like gather up an ounce of sympathetic nature whatsoever he can't because <laughs> he's like so emotionally uh, stunted emotionally stunted and like has to put on that like facade of politeness constantly and he can't yeah. he can't stop himself he Except for can. when he's just like, I'm going to smash a glass. It's either really polite or really angry. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only two modes with Nick. <laughs> the two emotions. The only two. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts all two of my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> polite and angry. <laughs> smash. Oh, another thing I thought was an uh, interesting departure from the book is in the film the only other person that nick contacts that has a bit of a past with amy was tommy o'hara who she accused of raping her Mm -hmm. but in the book there was also a former classmate that like previously in the book is like oh this girl like stalked me she like tried to copy me she was like obsessed with me then we found out no it was amy messing around with her the entire time and then dropping her like a hot potato. And I thought in the film, it kind of like really, because in the book, it really lends itself more to, oh, Amy's like an equal opportunity psychopath. But like mm-hmm. in the film, it's very much directed towards men. Men, yeah. Which kind of goes into the theme too of like them also switching Nick's job from a movie magazine to a men's magazine as well. Mm. I so, didn't actually catch that they switched it. I just yeah. thought that they said writer. You know, it was a men's magazine they mentioned while they're in the elevator. And in the book, it's a movie magazine. I think that kind of blends more into the theme of, like, everybody playing characters Mm -hmm. and, like, just copying the movies. (laughs) Yeah. Because, okay, before I say this, I will say first that um, I love that her idea of a disguise is going from blonde to slightly darker blonde. <laughs> like, it's like a very, very, very light brunette, and she puts on glasses and makes yeah. herself look frumpier. And it's like, here's my disguise, and it's not a very good one. Why didn't she just dye her hair black? Like, she's still so vain that she is questioning whether she wants to kill herself or not. Like, she has it marked down on the calendar multiple times with a question mark (laughs) which is like one of the funniest parts of the movie um but she's like so like vain and like has this image of herself to the point where she won't even dye her hair a like better color for disguising herself because it's harder to go back from that yeah like i feel like there's always this sense in her of like if i had to I can go back because I can figure things out because that's I'm good at that. Like I'm good yeah. at setting the stage and yeah, playing the character. She's giving herself like an out for everything. Like she did gain weight, but you can lose weight, which she does. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like dye her hair like a more permanent kind of color than she does. And because you can't dye your hair black and then go back to blonde very easily, I don't think. No, it's a process. Like, yeah, it's, you have to do multiple 
you know, sessions yeah. and everything. Like, her idea of disguise is just, like, no makeup and, <laughs> and glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, if you weren't really paying attention and all you had ever seen of Amy is the photo of her from her missing poster, you might not get it was her. But I think I think that a uh, woman from the cabins figures it out earlier than we even thought because when they're talking during the broadcast... She mm-hmm. mentions, oh, he just seems like some cheating asshole, blah, blah, blah. We, no one knows he cheated yet during that point in the movie. But Amy had told her that her uh, boyfriend or husband had cheated. Do they not? No, that the stuff with Andy doesn't come out until well after Amy oh, leaves true. the cabin. Does she say cheating or does she, she say said, lying? No, she said cheating. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think she was kind of onto it, like, almost immediately. Yeah, because I did kind of, like, I was like, oh, wait, at that part. But then I couldn't remember now if she said lying or cheating or whatever. Because I'm, I'm, I remember, like, one of the times I watched the movie, I noticed she said that, then I noticed it again. So yeah. I was like, okay, I don't think I'm hearing things. And she was, like, fucking with her, I think. Maybe, maybe or maybe also- she, like, wasn't sure. Yeah, maybe also because they showed the, like, selfie of him with that lady that oh, she was yeah, like oh that's he's true. like flirting with other women maybe uh, that's part of it maybe but i do think that you're right that she suspects sus- i suspicioned something <laughs> she suspected something <laughs> i think you're right that she suspected something even from before that because when she calls her name at the pool she says nancy multiple times and she like barely even answers when she answers and i think that that's probably the first thing that tipped her off yeah, like she, she's uh, hiding from something and then they watch she, the broadcast together and she had noticed that her glasses were fake and, like, her hair mm-hmm. was, like, not dyed very well. And Yeah. Which, like, I'm sorry, but it's not really that hard to dye your hair by yourself. I, <laughs> I know mean, she was doing it in, like, in a bathroom. What, yeah, a ba- <laughs> like, public bathroom. Yeah, I know that's not, like, the optimal place to do it, but I'm just, you know, she probably never did it on her own before because yeah. she was pretty privileged. And that part where they, like throw her against the the girl's like oh, i don't think you've even been hit before and they like throw her against the wall and then against the bed and she's all like Ugh, you know like <laughs> it's just like it's so well played of like oh my god someone challenged me <laughs> you know like i can't believe it they they're ruining everything like such a spoiled like rich kid yeah she's attitude. such she's a child ultimately. yeah she really is she never grew up <laughs> Yeah, and I and she says in the book too, like that's how she feels. She wasn't allowed to because she'll always be like eleven year old amazing Amy or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Speaking of her fucking parents though, who does that? Yeah, it's so that's so strange to like. It, it kind of reminds me of like those parents nowadays who like have YouTube channels God, about their yeah. families. And they have, like, their kids on YouTube and Instagram and stuff, and they're like, oh my god, look how cute, and they're and like, And they, look. like, have to record everything that happens and, like, yeah. make stuff up to happen, and, like, dude, it it feels like in that same vein. Those people need fucking help, that's they all do. I gotta say. Those poor kids are gonna Like, Child Protective need Services their... needs to step in with yeah. that realm of shit, but they won't because, like, they never, you know, like kids get abused in hollywood and shit all the time and taken advantage of and their parents take all of their money and whatever yeah at least in this case her parents left her a trust fund yeah but then they're like um we we need it back because we've like 
don't understand how money works and the <laughs> fact we haven't been making as much money and we kept spending the same amount of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I also thought the opening sequence of this movie really establishes the location so well in such a short amount of time because in the book it gets into all the backstory of the town and mm -hmm. how like everyone's been laid off from the mall and there's like a whole bunch of like other jobs that have gone missing and the town's like a ghost town but the jobs have gone missing <laughs> <laughs> they're on, they like, they they're on milk cartons <laughs> have you seen this job anything in the publishing industry <laughs> Have you that's seen it. this job, fact checker for newspapers? Hey, man, that's one way to try to get your application noticed. <laughs> yeah. There actually was somebody in Seattle that posted flyers that was like, hire me. You can hire me. I do these things and I've been looking for a job and I want to get noticed this way. Like, it was like, I think that he set it up as like a Cinderella as the shoe fits type thing. Uh, I don't know. There was, like, a whole... I was very drunk when I saw the flyer. So, but I was just, like, same bitch. Because <laughs> I was unemployed at the time. <laughs> uh, I was like, should I do that? I don't think it's really probably getting him anywhere, but... Oh, so... Another thing, too. Tyler Perry in this movie. Actually very good. That was actually very good casting. Wait, that's who that is? Yeah, that's Tyler Perry, man. What? Yeah, apparently he didn't know what the movie was or that David Fincher was a director before he signed on to it. Really? Yeah, because apparently he's like, yeah, my agent was like, yeah, I knew if you knew it was like a high quality film with David Fincher, you wouldn't want to do it because you'd feel too pressured to do it. He was like, oh you're right. God. I wouldn't have done it if I had known what it was. That's so funny. Yeah, I literally, because I guess I just haven't seen him not as Medea in like yeah. so long. Like... Yeah, he's usually a character. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean, a dressed-up character, obviously. He was, always plays a character in movies, yeah. but, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I don't even know if I've ever, like... Because I, I mean, as we all know, I haven't seen very many movies. So I haven't what? really seen any of those. Well, I haven't for... seen any Tyler Perry movies either, yeah. so... I think I've Not seen, like, kind of the first Medea. I... Like, I, part of it. Not to get on a tangent too early, but... I, the only experience I had with anything Medea was, like, one time in, I think it was either high school or middle school, one of my friends brought a, like, Medea book to school, and, like, we were, like, reading from it. There are books? <laughs> there, there was, like, a book that was, like, from, like, Medea giving you advice or something. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny from what I remember, but I've never seen the films. Well, I feel like the first, like, two or three were regarded as, like, pretty hilarious. I remember everyone quoting them all the time. I know my sister loved those movies. But then I think that they, like, have gotten this reputation now of just being, oh, it's another one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was interesting casting. The casting in this movie was really well done. Rosamund Pike was robbed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was robbed big time. She's so good in this movie, especially because, like, before this, she had kind of only done, like, not like as little challenge. meek roles. Yeah, like, she, 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 I think she was a Bond girl. I'm not sure. Was and, she? And she was Jane in Pride and Prejudice, which they mention in this movie, Pride and mm -hmm. Prejudice, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, oh. But, yeah, but she really fucking proved herself in this film and it's awful that she didn't 
win the Academy Award for Best Actress. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the nominees that year were Reese Witherspoon for Wild, Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl, Felicity Jones for The Theory of Everything, um, Marianne Cot- Cotillard, is that how you say her name? I, is it fancier? It's probably fancier, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Two Days, One Night, and then Julianne Moore for Still Alice, and she won, which I didn't know that Julianne Moore won an Oscar. Yes. That was the only thing that movie was nominated for, too, if I remember correctly. And something, I mean, to, speaking of Reese Witherspoon, it was her production company that made this film because she was going to play Amy. Oh. And then she was like, actually, I wouldn't. She was like, actually, I'm not right for this part, so never mind. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been super weird. I mean, I'm not saying that she couldn't have done it, but. She could have, but it would have been very strange. I think it would have been very different because Reese Witherspoon, like, she, her type is just so, like, wholesome. Mm -hmm. And, like, she just has such, like, a nice face. Not to say Rosamund Pike isn't nice, but, like, I don't know. It just would have been very odd. I think Reese Witherspoon, she, like, Rosamund Pike, she wasn't an unknown, but, like, she wasn't as well-known as Reese Witherspoon, whereas I think Ben Affleck's fame helped more with that character because we already knew him whereas mm-hmm. i think amy it's better that she's more like less recognizable to us yeah um she was in a lot of stuff that i just you know didn't see but yeah <laughs> Johnny... I think she was, was she in clash she... of the titans she wrath of the titans wrath of the titans that's right <laughs> yeah i didn't i only saw the first one of those uh, for like the two seconds that Kaya Scodelario is in it and Nicholas Holt is in it too, I'm pretty sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, she was in Doom and in Education. Oh, She yeah, was in Die right. Another Day, which is a 2002 Bond movie. Yeah. I have never seen an entire Bond movie, by the way, which I, we should probably do some of those. I haven't either, so we should, <laughs> we should do one for sure. Because <laughs> uh, I just have no interest in James Bond. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't. don't. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the one that I've probably seen the most of is maybe Casino Royale, but I think I the one know. I saw the most of was the Pierce Brosnan one with Halle Berry. I think I saw like like half of that on TV or something. Yeah, I I don't even know most of them. Oh, she is in a music video which I saw this like last year. My friend linked it to me. Um, a Massive Attack music video. It is so good. Which song? Uh, Voodoo in My Blood, which oh. is not a song that I'd known before, because I only know, like, their really old stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a really good music video. You should look it up after this. I used a Massive Attack song in my first film in film school. <laughs> really? I mean, they're great. Like, <laughs> they've been used in so many movies and TV shows. They're literally the theme song to House, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot that was them. Or at least, a, I think that song is, they did a cover of another song and the massive attack version is the house theme song i'm pretty sure that's cool teardrops or something like that um yeah she is a really great actress she is and she was so fucking creepy and good in this movie and just like the way that her um like the the opening scene with her on the couch with her hair and everything and he's like what's in your head and then the closing scene where yeah. everything has changed so much and yeah. just like her the way that her face changes yes it's between so good. those two great great bookends to yeah. the film so good and it really 
deals with like how like we can't re- like really know anyone else mm-hmm. and how much about like our partners or spouses could just be completely unknown to us yeah it is something that's always like been in my mind since I was a kid like you can know someone so well but you are never gonna know actually like even how they think or what they're thinking like you don't know like like something that blew my mind today on Twitter was someone talking about how (laughs) someone talking about how some people think in sentences and others think in just abstract concepts Mm -hmm. and I think in sentences and I was like do people not think in sentences like how what (laughs) I'm like that doesn't make any sense to me it is interesting because I think that it kind of depends on what you are thinking about because there are certain things that I think in sentences about uh and then there are other things that just kind of are like pictures in my head and then still like going from there then there's also some things that are just kind of like an abstract like feeling or like image or something like that that you can't quite articulate or like resolve and I think that's where I have a lot of problems with my writing is that I don't always form those full sentences in my head to be able to like plot something out or like think about what characters are going to say and how they're going to say it and then to be able to put that on the page a lot of the time I have these like abstract blobs that make sense in my mind or like I pull like inspiration from a photo or something and I'm like this makes me feel this way but I can't get it into words yeah that is a really big problem because it it really is hard to like describe certain concepts that are just like kind of like vague blobs in your head Mm -hmm. it's something I struggle with a lot too is describing like how things look Mm-hmm. And I also struggle a lot with, like, describing action. Yeah. And, yeah, but... <laughs> because I think that part of it is the fact that we want to dictate exactly what we see when it's already been made. When when people are writing screenplays or when they're writing books, they are, they are not dictating every single movement of someone's body. Because in a book, you're reading it and your mind is filling in the gaps. So they just need, like, the major movements. Yeah, I, I still have trouble with that, too. Like, I have, yeah, I have like difficulty making what? that engaging. Yeah. Because, like, there's a lot of times where I, I – maybe I've just been – like, that's why I actually prefer writing screenplays because you don't have to get into every single fucking detail yeah, you can just how say everything is happening. Fight. <laughs> yeah, there's a fight here and then the director takes care of it. You yeah. can describe it a little bit, but you're not supposed to go into too much detail. And mm-hmm. in books, I feel like you're supposed to get way more detailed about everything, and I find it difficult to kind of like. I want, I, like a lot of times, I'm like they, like how am I supposed to describe them going from place to place without it being so goddamn boring? And like, yeah, <laughs> changing scenery is changing a big scene one sucks. for me. I often just like cut to something totally different, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I've also just been struggling with writing in general lately. So, same. I wrote a fan fiction that I will not say what it is about because it will be published and not advertised that I published it. And I, I know. You Give will me five know. bucks, listeners, and I'll tell you. <laughs> five bucks is not enough. You are worth more than that, Jackie. <laughs> All right, a million dollars, and I'll tell you. <laughs> That's a uh, fair price. <laughs> yeah. If someone gives you a million dollars just to tell you what you know about my fan fiction, I will gladly 
well, I'll split. not be mad at you. I'll split it with you. I'll split nice. it. Nice. Yes. All right. <laughs> you did write plan. it after all. <laughs> we are gone girling this fan fiction. That yes. doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> we're making we're an framing plan. The, we're framing you for the book's murder. Yeah. <laughs> Some... <laughs> are we high? Are we okay? Everyone listening to this is scratching their head like, what? <laughs> Everyone listening to this has turned it off by now. <laughs> and they're like, what are you fucking talking about? I don't care. All right. Um, so onto something that at least is kind of about the movie. Ben Affleck's yeah. head is fucking gigantic. It's so weird. <laughs> it's... I, I, I maybe like Emily, whatever, however you pronounce her last name, I'm not sure. Her head is probably, like, pretty small as well. But his head was fucking gigantic in that one shot. I was like, oh, my God. She's also, like, a pretty tall girl. Like, I don't feel like she's, like, like, small and meek looking. But she does look, like, really crazy small next to him. And also, like, you know, everyone knows the creep story about the fact that he was like, I want it to be her in this movie yeah. so that I can It was around boobs. the time the Blurred Lines video came out, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, then at the end, too, they show... Um, they When they show them in the shower, you get, like, a little bit of nip and, and then a and little see, bit of dong. Yeah! <laughs> we get the dong. <laughs> Equal opportunity nudity in Last movies. Night, Chris came <laughs> They just, watched... like, pan down to it, too. It's like, yeah, there's a split-second like, shot. dong. <laughs> Oh, yeah, speaking of that, too, I have a story about, uh, <laughs> okay, this came out sounding different. No, I have a story about getting my copy of Gone Girl signed, not by the author. Um, mm-hmm. I was at a live recording of the Super Ego podcast a few years ago, and I didn't, something I like to do sometimes is get people to sign things that have nothing to do with whatever it is they're about so i had a copy of gone girl in my bag and i was getting autographs for my friends who were outside smoking and i was like i also have this copy of gone girl if you'd like to sign it and the thing that paul f Tompkins signed assigned was if you look really closely in the pages you'll see ben affleck's penis for one second <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun night. Classic. <laughs> he's a he's a fun guy. He is. We love Paula Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot about that, and I backed it up because I was like, "Chris, is that is that Dick?" And he's like, "I don't know." And I'm like, "I think that's Dick." <laughs> it was in fact Dick. <laughs> Leans in close to Mike. <laughs> it was decidedly a human male penis. <laughs> Uh, um but like talking about the 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 oomph of the movie and the story in general i think there's a lot of people everyone agrees that nick sucks yeah i think that a lot of men are terrified of her of amy Mm -hmm. uh and maybe they should be if they are terrified uh Mm -hmm. to a certain point but I feel like there are a lot of people on the internet who are like, Amy did nothing wrong. Yeah, I saw that today. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, let's let's take several steps back. Yeah, like I understand. I know the cool girl monologue is great. And yes. it's longer in the book too and it gets into more detail. And I think it's better in the book. Yeah. Um, and, but look, all right, let's not condone murder <laughs> mm-hmm. and like yes her motivation like, does everyone forget that she murders neil patrick harris i mean i know that he's not like the best guy and also the thing but... is too like honestly 
she she could have escaped because he wasn't watching those cameras 24 7 no <laughs> she could have run out and left he wasn't actually like holding her captive he kind of was but not really yeah because she even like does stuff like run up to the window and act like she's had a miscarriage and he doesn't say anything about it to her, so obviously he's not watching the footage. Like that, honestly, that would have been what I would have done. I would have done some something fucking crazy in front of one of the windows and wait to see if he asked me about it. And if yeah. he didn't, I'd be like, okay, he doesn't actually watch. He doesn't have like footage of all the grounds surrounding the house. He's not gonna know which direction she ran in. She's not. He's not gonna know where she went. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess her problem was she didn't have any money, but she could have like taken stuff from the house and sold it or something. Yeah, you know. She could have left, but no, she decided she was going to pretend she was raped and uh, kill him. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's her solution to things, is to be, like, violent and ruin people's lives because they've wronged her in some way. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with her surviving or, like, I think that's her getting revenge. She's like, how dare he think he can trap me in this house? Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach him a fucking lesson. <laughs> Yeah, she's a very, as Nick says, like, kind of an Old Testament Exactly. God. Like, she... Uh, I feel like I don't have the brain space to talk about this <laughs> as, like, uh, uh, articulately as I, I want to tonight. But I've seen this, you know, discourse over the years where people are like, he stole her life and this is just, like, the such a, you know ubiquitous female experience uh when you're dating straight men it is i would say the the cool girl the cool girl monologue about um you know i stay a size two i eat pizza and wings i drink beer i don't gripe when he wants to spend too much time with his friends and then she's like turning into this woman once they move where you know, she doesn't have anything to keep her busy in the same way that she did in New York. So it's like, oh, well, you're going out with your friends again? Like, can I come? And he's like, oh, no, you you wouldn't like it. And she's like, okay, but, like, let's have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I think that whole encounter, like, didn't happen, though. Yeah, I think that... Or there, or there was a it version was of it that happened, exaggerated. but it wasn't. Because, yeah, like, she had... She didn't want kids. That whole conversation didn't happen between yeah, the two of them. Yeah. I think that it probably stemmed from the truth of feeling isolated and, like, not being able, like, yeah. not feeling allowed to be around the people that he knew. Yeah. Um, which is a, is definitely a thing that happens. Like, I've, I've felt that and doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, and it would have sucked. Like, like, I can definitely understand her being angry about the whole situation. Yeah. And, like, it is shitty, but because she's a psychopath, her solution to it is extremely extreme mm-hmm. and not something we should emulate, though mm-hmm. I understand wanting to get revenge on men who basically have, you know, taken every part of you away from you. Yeah. Like, of course, but we don't frame them for a murder. <laughs> no. I understand mostly the people probably saying this stuff to you are, like, mostly joking yeah yeah it's it's not like seriously advocating for no i don't think anyone is actually yeah but it's still just kind of like just get a divorce (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
I, I mean, if, I know that there are people in situations where they can't, but, like, that's not she what She had a prenup. She could have done it, you know? He yeah. wasn't going to do it because she had a prenup. But, mm-hmm. yeah, she could have just left. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, like, people missing the nuance a lot on the internet in general. And um, being angry and agreeing with things when they're angry. And even though, like, yeah, obviously we know that people are being facetious and extreme and they're not actually advocating for, like, taking her approach to solving things. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that, like, Jillian Flynn herself is like, no, she's a deeply flawed, unlikable woman. And, you know, and I think another thing that stems from the cool girl monologue is Amy is always playing someone. Mm-hmm. She's never herself. I think that's more established in the book that she's always playing some kind of character. Yeah, and she doesn't even know who she actually is, and so and she I assumes everyone else does the same thing. That's what I was gonna say. I feel like she in that part where she's driving past everyone and she's like, "Oh, that girl looks like this because she is like." Uh, it's her like boyfriend why can't, likes vintage and, and why can't she and, just like vintage and records you don't know she's just exactly. some girl in a car she's hanging out with her friend there isn't even a guy there <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and that viewpoint of the world like i feel like that comes up a lot in, in jillian flint's books where her main character who's a woman has a very cynical misogynistic view of women yeah. almost where they're casting their insecurities and projecting those onto the other women in their lives. And those women are also flawed. And maybe they are really fucking annoying or boring or stupid or whatever. But, like, everyone has layers. And it seems like sometimes I'm not sure if it's Jillian Flynn that doesn't understand that other women don't suck that much. And, like, maybe all of the people that she writes are just, like, sort of projections of herself. I think, I think <laughs> everything we write is a self-portrait to some extent, so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know that for sure. It might be, like, a device she's using to kind of, like, illustrate that this is, like, a problem with women being against other women. True. But it might also reflect some of her own attitudes. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, n- I'm never quite sure. And I feel like her most sympathetic person that she's written... I don't know. It's probably it's probably the character in Sharp Objects. Yeah, I, I was say. gonna say that too. Yeah, I still I need think... to finish watching the HBO show with that. It's a very good show, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I have one last episode to watch, and I just canceled my HBO thing today, so I have to uh, I have to do it before the end of February. But. And I never saw the Dark Places movie. I don't think anyone saw the Dark Places movie. That's actually what I was going to bring up in this. Like, why haven't you watched it? We've both watched Gone Girl before. But I've watched Dark Places and you have not. Dark Places is terrible. That book was my favorite of the three because Julian Flynn only has three, like, full-length novels, right? Yeah. Um, Dark Places was my favorite because there are so many, like, twisty, fucked-up turns in that book where, like, you literally don't expect any of the shit that's happening mm-hmm. like there's like fucking i'm not even gonna say like there's just so much happening so yeah. much happens in that book and none of it seems like it should go together but it does yeah. and i that's my favorite one yeah, and the they, end you're like oh oh <laughs> yeah they they messed it up so badly starting with the fact that the cast um the the woman in the book is supposed to be a natural yeah. redhead uh who has dyed her hair blonde to not be noticed as much 
and she's very short she's yes. small it's a main plot point of yes. the book because she constantly feels belittled and looked down on and scared because people are towering over her she is small so she can fit into small spaces which is like a key component in something that happens later in the book and also there are many uh confrontations that happen where her size is immediately an issue like that is the thing that she's immediately goes to thinking about oh my god this person is much bigger than me and i'm terrified because she talks big game this whole time and then she's like no i am a small person that anything horrible could happen to and just because i have escaped horrible things before this could be the time because i'm so fucking small that everything finally stops you know and then it winds up being what kind of saves her at the end yeah and then they took all of that from the book and they yeah, were like you know who we should cast so- <laughs> charlize theron <laughs> the oh, tallest i know i was so confused woman. by that casting choice i'm like i'm sure she'll do a good job but she's like the exact opposite <laughs> yeah the physical description i don't i'm not even someone who thinks that like the physical descriptions of characters are like like sacrosanct and like you have to cast someone who looks exactly how the character is described and blah 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 but like in this case uh yeah you kind of (laughs) do yeah and and there's a whole bit too about how like her whole family is redheads and everything like that and you know i mean that can be yeah that that's solid hair dye and wigs but the 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 height the the stature yeah the height height was actually an important plot point so that was it'd be like if if clarice and silence of the lambs was like six foot yeah it doesn't make any sense (laughs) it would it would cast a very different light on the movie because tall women are intimidating (laughs) yeah i mean she'd still be a woman in a room full of men yes but as a a shorty myself as a shorty myself i can tell you yeah (laughs) there are situations where you feel uncomfortable because you're just the shortest person in the room (laughs) yeah and i always feel like a little fucking kid like i feel like i'm never gonna be able to feel like a a grown-ass person because i'm I'm short you know yeah i i also get like mistaken for a teenager sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's like a part of me is like oh god who could ever love me when i look like a child (laughs) oh my god (laughs) But (laughs) but if you have like a brain at all like you he can look at you and you're you know you're not yeah. a kid like <laughs> yeah yeah of course i'm not but like uh but yeah it's interesting that like after the success of gone girl they wound up making such like a Shitty. movie that just like i don't i don't think it was barely in any theaters i don't think it had a wide release or no i don't think so either i think that it was on like streaming perhaps yeah, i the... might have rented it on prime i don't remember yeah. It's just, but it, the, it's there's so a lot of big odd. names in it too. Like yeah, Nicholas it's so Holtz, strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who else, honestly, right now. Uh, Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace Moretz is the girl, and the flashbacks. Um, and I don't remember who the brother is, but yeah, there's a lot of big names in it, and they just like I don't remember any of the performances. It wasn't good. It didn't serve the book properly. It's a shame. Hopefully they can... Christina Hendricks is in it, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hopefully they can remake it at some point. Yeah. It's it's a shame, because it is a very good book. The Sharp Objects TV show is... Again, I haven't finished it, but it's excellent. Yeah. So, that is Very hard to watch too much of at once. It is. It's kind of like The Handmaid's Tale, which I stopped watching entirely. I I have no intention of continuing to watch (laughs) 
I never even started because Duh, it's just, just one of those don't. things. Where it's not that it's not good. It's just like it's way too much. It's just way too much. I just think that all of those things, all those types of stories, very easily lend themselves to devolving into a sort of like torture and sadness porn almost. Yes, it does. It really, and really does. That sounds exactly like what happened in like the second or third season. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> too bad um so uh trent reznor and atticus ross did the score for this too and it is so it, good this is our second fincher film mm-hmm. uh and they also did the score for the social network i love all the scores they do for movies. yeah they're it's really, so really good. good like especially this one too like i uh, i remember reading their they were inspired by like the spa music that was also like making them feel like really creeped out and on edge and they were like we should make the score for the film like this where it sounds like it's supposed to be nice but it just kind of like makes you uneasy yeah it was done really really well i love it the atmosphere that they cultivate is perfect it is there's something else that i wanted to say about the amy dunn of it all but i don't really <laughs> remember now what i was gonna say like i don't know i i just don't have the the words right now to articulate what i feel about her character yeah it's i mean because there are ways that you do relate to her and you almost cheer her on i think at certain points oh yeah you definitely do like when Um, she when she gets robbed you're like oh no (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like oh shit what's she gonna do (laughs) yeah um and also the I think true thing of him doing exactly what he did with her with another girl Oof. that is like one of the most devastating yes possible things not only just to hear about but she witnessed it yeah that's you know I mean when you hear that it's like well it, like the character says that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's awful and it, it part of you like kind of is like yeah you should dream where you fucking murder but like <laughs> yeah you should, should do it <laughs> yeah and he's just so apathetic and lacking any charisma and just like sleepwalking through his fucking life and just being like everything is handed to me i don't have to worry about it even though like we came back here and oh, like, I can't write a book, and oh, my bar doesn't make any money. Like, he still isn't really, like... I mean, his mom does die, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, I know. But, like, <laughs> he's just, like, he's just a big old butt wipe, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then the, the whole thing of men being like, I know what will fix this and make me feel like a man again. I am gonna get some uh, hot chick that doesn't know better yeah when margo was like yelling at him she's like oh boo-hoo i I guess i'll fuck a teenager (laughs) yeah exactly like this kid basically she's you know like she's like she's like basically a child it's like she's like i mean she's in college yeah she's not not a child but she's like she's very very young yeah she's his student which is gross which is a a bad power dynamic and she's obviously like much more into it than he is even though they're both saying that they love each other yeah and you know you can just tell like no he fucking doesn't you know yeah he's like just taking advantage and And he has it set up so 
so fucking sneaky from the very like beginning. like a second phone. The burner phones and the like little meetings and stuff like that. And, and he, he like he like gets her gifts and like and yeah. cash and like it's ugh. it's like the most sneaky like the worst kind of affair to learn about. It's not just like I was really fucked up and I like you know did a bad thing or like you know it's it's yeah, literally it went on for like, like a year and a half. This super conscious decision to be as shitty like, as th- possible. This is like an affair, like an yeah. affair, like full on mistress affair. Yeah, and doesn't un- she finds the flip phone in the book? I think in the diary, doesn't she? I think and, like, so. A yeah, fo- a shoebox or something like that. She does that. a lot. She does a lot more stuff in her plan in the book too. Like yeah. I-, I remember one part in the book, she like goes to donate plasma with uh, Nick's mom. Mm-hmm. And she pretends that like she faints at the sight sight of blood and all that stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm like, man, she's really like getting all all of this in. She's like, <laughs> yeah, she's got all her bases covered. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more intricate. I think that it you know it obviously works just as well in the film. But yeah, you don't want to you don't want to make it too convoluted in a film. One, you don't have the time. And two, it's like, all right, we get it already. All right. <laughs> yeah, like there's a book if you want to read it and know all the details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it's just the shittiest possible way to have an affair. And then he lets her into the twins' house, and because he's so like scared of women, like that's what it is. He's like terrified of women. Yes, honestly. he really is. He doesn't want to turn her away because he's like, oh shit, like what's she gonna go and do? Like, is I mean, she a fair concern though? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but and then when she finds out, like, oh, Amy was pregnant, then she's like, oh he was still sleeping with her and you know yeah. i mean i think that's that was her well she like train of thought well she said she mouthed asshole at him before that had even been like revealed mm-hmm. to everybody very dramatically by noel um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and because he was like saying like oh i loved amy she was the love of my life and blah 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 and she's just like standing there like you dick <laughs> Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, if I was her in that situation, like, what else is he gonna say? Yeah, you know? what else is he <laughs> like, gonna say? Like, it's she, like everyone. By the way, um, I was gonna divorce my wife. <laughs> yeah, she just didn't honestly, have the maturity to grasp onto the fact. That yeah, exactly. He could go to fucking prison. Yeah, like, she is. This. She just doesn't have any concept of it. She's mm-hmm. like, why can't you do this, this, and this? It's like why because if people find out I've been having an affair, it's gonna look really fucking terrible, and yeah. people are gonna, I'm gonna have a bigger target on my back than I already do. Yeah, <laughs> you got the fact that he like lets her into his sister's house though and then like has sex with her and th- she stays until the morning <laughs> he like, even says like okay really quick and then you gotta go and then she doesn't yeah. go <laughs> like what okay i'm sorry in movies where people have sex and then they wake up in the morning and they're like still all undressed and they're like oh like my did gosh. you just pass out immediately after coming like, like jesus christ nobody fucking does that and if they do you need to stop it because you probably have utis all the time and if you have been wondering why you have them that's fucking why bitch get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> like who unless you are so drunk that you don't have any of your faculties at which point like you should absolutely not be having sex who does not get up and go to the bathroom after sex Silly. even if like who doesn't have to go after sex yeah like you should and you probably have to and even if you don't like who doesn't go to pee right before going to bed like i also like they both just just, like fell asleep in the chair like not even on the couch or something yeah and who doesn't put their clothes back on 
in their sister's house when they're fucking their mistress. Like, he's like, oh, you shouldn't be here. And then they wake up in the morning and she's still got her fucking tits out. You know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> when she's like, you fucking idiot. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, this is the dumbest thing. Like, you really just fell asleep like that? You didn't say, hey, put on your dress because if we're found like this, it will look really bad. Like, and the girl absolutely would have understood that as well. You know, like, she would have been like, all right, well, I'm going to go and sneak out in the middle of the night again. It, it, it's like, still what it, she's, Margot's, because in the book, I think she left. And then Margot the next morning is like, you fucking idiot. Yeah, she still knew. because She's I'm like, sure, I heard you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, there's only so much that you can cover up. And if your house is normally very quiet and you're freaked out and having a hard time sleeping because something bad has happened, you're going to hear that, like, oh, your brother that you are graciously letting sleep on your couch is fucking someone in the next room while his <laughs> wife is missing. Like, how are you so stupid to be like, oh, I can be, like, quiet and discreet enough like, talking to someone else, letting them inside of the house, and then having sex with them. Like, what are you thinking, my man? <laughs> You're dumb. He's so dumb. And then when they More open like up the Nick shed... More like Nick dumb, am I right? <laughs> yeah. When they open up the shed and they don't immediately go to the police, and then the, the lawyer is like, we should go to the police, and then for some reason they don't immediately then go to the police, like... Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I guess he was completely right. He's like, we have to tell them about Andy right now. We have to tell yeah. them about the woodshed. And then for some reason, they do not do that. It's yeah. like, they sh you should have done that immediately after saying that. I guess that they they, they were going to, I don't know, like, they should have told the cops first. I mean, maybe they were going to tell the whole world, like, oh, like, but I don't, th that you doesn't You want to tell the cops sense. first because something could happen in the meantime. Exactly. And it, it did. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I always forget about the shed though yeah like f reading the book and then like watching the movie and i i always forget like oh yeah that's where all the shit is because <laughs> you're just kind of assuming like yeah he, he probably did buy a bunch of useless shit because like he obviously doesn't know how to manage money yeah or and, bef and before we know the diary is fake too because we see one of the diary entries he just like bought a laptop when they both didn't have jobs Mm -hmm. And who knows if that actually happened. I feel like that part was embellished mm -hmm. by Amy to kind of establish, oh, he spends a lot of money when he's not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, playing the video games and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure that argument happened, but, like... <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of interesting, too, to kind of parse what's true and what isn't. Because she does say, like, the beginning, all of it's true, and that part's mm -hmm. easy to write. And then, the, then there's the interesting shot of her crying while writing it. And, yeah and um but it's like such a quick shot was she like crying so that there would be like watermarks on the page no it, she, it wasn't like she was full-on sobbing it was just a couple tears going down her face the book wasn't that close to her i think she was mm -hmm. just crying while writing about the early days <laughs> um yeah see i don't really remember that shot I, I, I it was very quick it was very quick and you only see it because like the light shines right on her eye so mm -hmm. you can see the tears coming down I put the movie on with the intention of, like, not fully paying attention to it because I did watch it for the first time, like, it feels fairly recently. I think it was probably a couple years ago, maybe last year, I don't know. Um, but then I, I got sucked into it. Yeah. Like, and, it's, and it's my full good. attention was on it. Like, it's it's very, it's it's a great movie. It's Venture. very entertaining. It's very engaging. It's very, like, the obviously the cinematography is great and the acting is great. The story mm -hmm. is really great. 
and it just really pulls you in. Yeah. I really like David Fincher. Like I do too. I really I like he- Fight Club. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not really like a big Fight Club person, but oh, I, I also so... I don't think that movie is for us either. I disagree. I I think it is it kind of, but like it also feel whenever I watch it, I feel more alienated. Really, I do. I mean, it has been several years since I've seen it, but maybe it's because the culture around the film is so mm-hmm. like toxic from people who don't actually get what the movie's actually about. But yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it in a while either. But uh, I think I've talked about this before. I was very much thinking I was super edgy back in the day, um, and I was very into Chuck P in high school and read a bunch of his books. Red Fight Club, liked it, watched the movie, movie's way better. Um, so me and a couple of my friends were all very into it, and we were all girls. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's one of those movies that, like, you love a lot more when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of just, like, getting into the point of, like, wow, the establishment does suck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we should blow up the banks. Yeah. We, and I we still also feel that way, very... though, to be fair. Yeah. We, with no one inside, of course. Of course, of course. But I think it's interesting, too, because in regards to, like, power fantasy and stuff and the people who say Amy Dunn did nothing wrong, I think it's, that's definitely a power fantasy aspect for women. It's true. It's part of this movie. Yeah, True. It's like, oh, I can get back at my fucking ex-husband who, yeah. <laughs> who cheated on me with this young girl and, like, meanwhile, he just told my entire life and blah, blah, blah. And Well, and I guess I also have to rescind kind of what I said earlier because there are, I mean, I feel like country really does it right because the Dixie <laughs> Chicks wrote a whole song about killing their cheating husband, right? Yeah. Dixie Chicks walked so Gone Girl could run. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely a very primal feeling because I've never, I, I mean, I've barely been in any relationships, but I've never, like, been cheated on to my knowledge. And, like, I've never experienced that visceral rage mm-hmm. <laughs> that people must feel when they find out they've been cheated on and lied to. But that slashing tires and taking a baseball bat yeah. to his truck. I can, I can understand the feeling, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's... I remember reading something somewhere where it was like, I never understood the why people would go into like, oh, I think it was a John Mulaney, oh yeah, Johnny Mulaney stand-up, where he's like, I never understood where people, like, they got cheated on, like, people who would, like, kill people, then I got cheated on, I was like, oh, I understand, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna do it, but I get it now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so many different layers to the reasons why people do things as well yeah you know i th- I think that there is like there's certain things that everyone wants to find people completely evil for it's and never that simple they'll turn around and they'll defend something that is um inherently much worse but they excuse it under the guise of well this this meant a lot to me or something like that um I'm being very vague here. I'm, yeah, I'm was sorry that about that. <laughs> I'm just, I don't want anyone to like, okay. There are a lot of famous people who have done a lot of bad things. And some of those famous people um, 
only get remembered for those bad things. Some of those famous people, their, their bad things get swept under the rug while they're still alive. Some of those famous people die and are being memorialized and people then say you're not allowed to bring up the bad things that they did uh, because that's disrespectful to them and all the people that they meant something to. And on some level, I think that there is like this real willingness to excuse things when they mean a lot to you and you can't relate to the bad thing that's happened. Yeah, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you just you just want to ignore it because it's easier. There's almost this like, well, how bad was the thing versus how much does this person positively impact my life and my story? Um, and I think that there's also this like unwillingness to consider uh, forgiveness and redemption and the strides that people have taken to become better people. So in the case of, um, you know, if somebody says something shitty on the internet 10 years ago and they have clearly gotten better uh, as a person, then but they people, can- they get canceled, they get canceled yeah. because people, and I hate even saying the word, you know, canceled, <laughs> um, but because people dig up dirt on them and it's like, well then people that relate to them are are supposed to denounce them and anyone ever associated with them ever <laughs> yeah any people who have associated with the people have associated with the other people and like yeah and it was like, like a the contra how... boys video where she's like eventually everybody on the planet is going to be canceled <laughs> yeah and and like where do you draw the line of like what what's the bad thing that means that you get ostracized from society is it saying a slur is it saying something that was phrased a little bit wrong um is it rape is it murder is it manipulation is it emotional abuse and do those things can they be um can those person can those people be redeemed for doing or saying these things is there room for redemption uh to where there is a balance of This person did things that were bad, but this person also did things that were good because that's literally every single human being on earth. Like Mm -hmm. even the most evil people that you can think of have done some good things. They mean something to someone in their life. Alpha was very generous. (laughs) Yeah, like there are are good and bad aspects of everyone, which is literally the nature of humanity. It's one of the reasons we have religion because people are trying to rectify that. And so uh, trying to, to kind of come at it of, like, I have the one right opinion on this. So if this person wronged me specifically, they are evil and bad and shitty and they are never going to be redeemed as a human. They're worthless. I find no value in them. You can f- feel that. You're entitled to feel that. But that doesn't actually mean that they have absolutely no hope of redemption or doing good things and meaning good things to people to the point where maybe the good ends up outweighing the bad but it also doesn't mean that we just sweep the bad under the rug and don't bring it up and never acknowledge it in the future yeah you know like you you can't have your cake and eat it too you you have to 
you have to identify and acknowledge and accept the multifaceted aspects of people and find if like you personally can live with that and what that means to you personally i guess does any of that make sense am i it being does, it does make articulate sense here i, I don't want to seem like i'm excusing behaviors that, that you know sounds what I mean? like the exact opposite of what you're saying um yeah but I'm trying to figure out how to circle that back around. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that's kind of what happens with Nick in this, too. Like, in the book, it goes into more detail about his public image. And, mm-hmm. like, he, like, goes to, he talks to a journalist at the bar and, like, acts all drunk and, like, is like, oh, man, I love my wife so much. And everyone's like, oh, he's not so bad, maybe. And then the whole interview and everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe he didn't kill his wife. And then... Uh, then the, all the other stuff happens, and it's like, nope, never mind. Public opinion turns against him so quickly. And yeah. This movie really does too get into like, like a, the Nancy Grace style kind of shows, and like, oh, yeah, with Missy Pyle. Yeah, and like going after people when there hasn't even been like a trial, and no yeah. one really knows what's been going on, and no one actually knows the details. It's all basically just like gossip. Yeah. Now, there's there's just a lot of really complex things that go into this discussion and just like it's just just thinking too much about human nature i know my brain want to explode yeah i'm getting a headache now too so maybe we should end it there (laughs) but yeah i think i think that um i really like this movie like it's captivating it's so well shot and so well acted and if you haven't seen it you should have watched it before you listen to this podcast with us yeah. but if you still want to see it after being spoiled uh which i think that even if I you bet, have by been this spoiled, point you would have been spoiled anyway yeah i think if even if you know the twist and even if you know everything that happens i think it's still a really fascinating movie to watch because you really it's like character studies of like these just facades that people put on kind of yeah like, I, I've watched it multiple times, and I still love it, so if you got spoiled for it, it's definitely still worth watching. Also, buy the Blu-ray, because it comes with a copy of an amazing Amy book. <laughs> nice! I didn't know that! That's, yeah. that's fun! Yeah, my Blu-ray has a copy of Amazing Amy in it. I was Gosh. like, ooh! <laughs> Did, do you know if Gillian Flynn, like, put that together, or...? I'm... I'd have to go get it and see, and I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she wrote I the think screenplay, she did. I, right? I th- yeah, she wrote the screenplay, which is very cool. And I think mm-hmm. it's why it's such a good adaptation as well. Yeah. You, yeah. Like, because... like, like how, like, um, Holes was, the screenplay for that was written by the author, too. Yeah. That's, like, it, my It favorite. gives them a chance to, like, revisit something and say, this is how I actually kind of want it to sound. Yeah, like, yeah, these that... are the details that don't actually matter yeah, in this it, format. Yeah, it'd be great to go back and, like, there's definitely stuff I've written. I'm like, uh, I wish I could change a couple things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a couple things I'd change. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very cool. But, yeah, that's that's Gone Girl. Yeah. Thank you Jeez. so much for listening. They got so much heavier than I We got very intended. deep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got I like very, I just, very deep. I feel like I just babbled a lot, so who knows? I might cut some of that out, but... <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, <laughs> and rate us. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. That's W-H-Y-W-T Podcast. 
And I've been Jackie. And I've been Lita. Bye. Bye.